0: The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience here at Conservative Review on Wednesday, July 10th for another day of independent conservative truth-telling. And there's, as always, midweek a lot on our agenda. Lots of good feedback on yesterday's show. Really appreciate it. As always, send me your suggestions, your comments, your concerns to Harwitz at blazemedia.com. As well as tweeting me at RM Conservative, I can't say I see every tweet, but you know I I do sometimes uh, benefit a lot from the input of you guys. And uh, I'm recording now when I don't have to watch this insane hearing at the House Oversight Committee run by Elijah Cummings on children in cages at the border. So if you want to watch that, you can go to their uh, their website, the House Oversight Committee. They'll have the playback when the hearing is over. Um, But they are only able to get away with this business when we have a side that refuses to fight back. Refuses to fight back. I've said this before on a number of occasions that Stuff happens in the world. You could find anything to prove your the veracity of your point of view or your policy initiative, and you could distort reality and context to make that look like a predominant prevailing trend that's a pervasive problem. When really the other side of the coin could be a hundred times more pervasive. But, you know, if you don't know about it and you don't report on it, and you only report on this one thing. So it's like the big problem in the world is not the way illegal aliens treat Americans and that America's government is for the American people anyway. It's how we treat illegals. And if you don't put this out to the media and you, and and, and the Press officers at DHS are so pathetic that they refuse to report on the number of Central American kids and children that rape and murder in America. Then the left controls the narrative and they never get placed on defense and have to respond to us. I've said this a number of times. You could have two boxers. One is much stronger and better than the other guy. But let's say the guy would say to himself, I'm going to tie my hands behind my back and I'm not going to punch. I'm only going to try to def- to bob and weave out of the other guy's punches. You might be skilled enough that you could block, you know, duck a couple of punches here and there, but they will land eventually and you will get hit. But conversely, if you are ca- are constantly punching, not only is it an offense, but it's the best defense. Because that in itself deflects and puts the other guy on defense and blocks his punches. So everyone in the country is going to hear about every kid that feels he was mistreated at the fault of his own parents, not America. But almost nobody is going to know anything about all the Americans that were harmed by illegals. This is something that really keeps me up at night, that this truth is not getting out, that not enough of my colleagues care to do any research. I'm not getting any help from most people at DHS Press. There are a bunch of career people that just, uh, just wanna keep their jobs. That's a big part of this. Remember, almost all of the operational policies of ICE and Border Patrol are dictated by media and messaging. The media is dictating what happens. The media is dictating what the focus should be. If they make the focus on treatment of aliens, then their entire operations will be oriented towards that. But if more people do what I do and make it about the needs of the American people, protecting them from diseases, from public charge, from crime and drugs, then we're going to force the operations to focus on that. Yet they don't do it. They don't do it at all. And that's what's really sad. Now, folks, I don't know if you've ever heard of the name Corey Cottrell of Bloomington, Illinois. I doubt you have. I highly doubt you've ever heard of that name. And frankly, I doubt you've ever heard of Barbara Gahlke and Sandra Forst of Lake County, Illinois. These are three Americans that were recently killed by illegal alien drunk drivers whose names will never be heard. And there's no effort by anyone to publicize this. You also won't hear about the unnamed seven-year-old girl who was brutally raped By a dreamer, Guatemalan, who likely recently came in as a UAC. And evidently it was so bad that she had to be brought to a hospital and have surgery. Because that doesn't seem to matter at all, ever. Just doesn't matter. So, um, this guy, Badillo Salaman Diaz Ambrosio. You want to talk about putting kids in a cage? This guy belongs in a cage. Badil, ba, Badilio Salomon Diaz Ambrosio. Ambrosio, whatever. I can't pronounce that name. This guy raped the seven-year-old girl in Cobb County. And the amazing thing is I put in a media request to ICE and I said, all right, could you tell so, – so wait, first off, so the local Fox article some of you might have seen said something to the effect of, oh, ICE has a detainer on him to determine whether he's in the country illegally or deportable or whatever. First of all, that's, that's, that's a, a dastardly reporting that's not true. When ICE issues a detainer, that means they have already determined he is deportable. So that's number one. So I knew right away he was an illegal. So my obvious question was, hey, when did – do you have information when he came in? Was he brought in as a UAC? And do you know what I was told? ICE can never, ever, ever give me information on a juvenile. Nothing. No background. So when you have all of these children that they're virtue signaling over, the numerous amounts that commit dastardly crimes, particularly sex offenses, we will never know about them. Meaning in general, ICE can never, they have a policy memorandum, still policy, drives me nuts, not statute, policy, that they cannot quote, write success stories. So they could only defend against like hits of things that go wrong or, oh, someone was mistreated, but they cannot put out to the media, Hey, we apprehended this guy who committed all sorts of things. No, we have to request it. So I have to know about it. And then I have to struggle. Some of them get touchy with me. or like, well, why do you suspect he's illegal? Well, it's just a Hispanic name. Some are good. But anyway, in this case, if the guy's a juvenile, nothing. So think about it. When you have juveniles that die in ICE custody of natural causes, no fault of their own, remember, ICE has like one one hundredth of the mortality rate of regular federal and state prisons, and indeed, they are... Just, you know, they're dealing with people coming under the worst conditions without American, um, you know, American style health care. But whenever you have these cases, it'll be, you know, Cobb County teen, Marietta County teen arrested, and you'll never know the story behind it. So I can't tell you that the guy, I can tell you he was illegal from Honduras. I can't tell you what he was because ICE won't give it to me and they never will. It is a made up policy that they refuse to to change. Then you have another case. This is from Prairie State Wire. It looks like it's a non-mainstream media outlet in Illinois. God bless them for getting this. But there was a case last month of an illegal alien driver who killed someone who uh, went under my radar. I mean, hundreds of them go under our radar here. But they put it out. ICE has confirmed to Prairie State Wire that Jose Rodriguez, who struck and killed Corey Cottrell, 39, of Normal, Normal, I guess his name of the city, on June 22nd, is in the United States illegally. Border Patrol agents, in fact, issued the 27-year-old from Honduras an expedited removal order all the way back on April 17, 2013, according to an ICE statement. an a statement from ICE. Then, on March 6, 2014, a federal immigration judge ordered him removed in absentia. He is considered an ICE fugitive. Now, first of all, I, I have my own request into them after seeing this. I figured now that I have it confirmed, then I could at least ask them. they still haven't gotten back to me But if he was ordered expedited removal by Border Patrol, how was he ordered by an immigration judge to be removed in 2014, a year later? Meaning, why do you need an immigration judge? Expedited removal means without an immigration judge, why wasn't he deported? I don't get that. But anyway, Cottrell family friend and spokesperson Cheryl Wenland said the family was shocked at the news. It's much worse than we all expected. It means he's been in Bloomington illegally for at least five years. On June 22nd, Rodriguez was driving east on MacArthur Avenue in Bloomington when he ran a red light near the intersection with and Struck-Corey, according to prosecutors. Corey was driving his motorcycle on his way to see his mom at the Bloomington Church of Christ picnic. Rodriguez fled the scene. He turned himself in the next day and was charged with leaving the scene of an accident involving a death, class one felony punishable of <clears throat> by up to 15 years in jail. And um, he was also charged without well, – by for driving without a license. He made bail on June 26th. So my question now is I know Illinois generally doesn't cooperate with ICE detainers. Is this guy in ICE custody? Did ICE get him? Was he turned over? He made bail. By the way, I looked it up. It was $10,000 of bail for a vehicular homicide. So that's a story we're going to have to follow. And then there's a story I've been working on all week and haven't been able to get the truth on. And I guess I now know why. Um... But this is about Barbara Galky and Sandra Forrest. Also in Illinois. This is Lake County, Illinois. And this is an unbelievable case if you think about it. I just wanted to give it over to you guys. So, on, um, this guy had a history, years of, of just driving offenses. And then on <clears throat> June 8th, of this year. So Victor H. Ortiz was drunk driving, I think three times over the limit in Fremont Township, June 8th. And he, um, he killed these two people by crossing over into oncoming traffic. He was drunk, drunk driver. And I saw in the article that, you know, so basically what happened was he, he evidently wasn't arrested or he wasn't, he was let go because they were going to run a blood and urine sample. So I guess they didn't know that he was a drunk driver. So, I mean, I don't know the laws of someone who, you know, you know—you get involved in an accident someone dies. I mean, it's not necessarily your fault. And even if it kind of is, you're not necessarily criminally held um, if, you're, if you're not caught drunk driving. So, you know, it took 20 days to get back the results of the test. On the 28th, the uh, sheriff's, department determined that he was driving drunk and they got a warrant on the 29th for his arrest. Unbeknownst to them, the night of the 28th, ironically, he was out and caught again by another local police department within the county for drunk driving and, you know, running through a, you know, traffic sign or something, reckless driving and maybe driving without a license or something. And, he also evidently wasn't held because he was trying to board a bus to Texas with plans to travel to Guatemala and they had to get a whole tactical unit to go get him and they did get him and so right away i thought okay that's a telltale sign that you know his family that he's fleeing to in guatemala is probably an illegal especially from guatemala as opposed to mexico mexico we have more legal immigrants And I put in a request and couldn't get an answer. Well, now I know the reason why. John Binder of Breitbart, good for him for getting this, because I couldn't get anyone to give this to me, but he had unnamed sources saying that the guy indeed was a naturalized citizen. But here's the catch. He came here illegally. So he found a way, we don't know exactly why, but found a way the multitude of Ways to have the immigration lawyers finagle themselves into status to get a green card, and then they get citizenship. With their, By the way, there's so much of that in this country, aside from the anchor babies. People that are regarded as legal that should have never been legal. So I'm considering this as Americans killed by an illegal. I'm sorry. To me, he's an illegal. That's nonsense. That is not someone who is admitted to the society by the people and the people's laws, as Madison said. That is nonsense. But these are all names you'll never hear from. Never, ever hear from. Oh, by the way, a federal judge temporarily blocked the deportation of two migrants who claim the Trump administration's new lesson plan for asylum officers makes it harder to prove fear for returning to their home countries. Katanj Brown Jackson. Katanj Brown Jackson. I don't even know who that is. This literally just happened. I wasn't prepared to talk about this. Um... But that's, that's what we have here. So, I mean, this is going to continue. Our laws don't matter. Sorry to sound like a broken record, but that's the truth. Our laws don't matter. This guy is some sort of magistrate judge in the Eastern District of New York. I don't know if it's that they were there or they forum shopped it there. But um, this is... This is unreal. So now they're going after. The determinations which by the way are unreviewable. But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All of this is just so so terribly sad. What are you going to do about it. The American people don't matter. Because nobody is talking about the other side of the coin. The amount of endless crimes. And it's not only that our government doesn't do anything about it, it's that they make it impossible to even find out that it is indeed happening. Our laws make it illegal to be here illegally. It makes it illegal to shield from detection or any of this stuff. To transport them. Nobody has the right to do this. It's it's illegal for them to work here. And yet, openly, they could sue us. Like, openly, I mean, this is the whole thing in New York. They say that they're giving them driver's licenses so they can get to and from work. The federal government, which has, you know, there's obstacle preemption there. It's called obstacle preemption for the state to act on that. Made it illegal for them to work. So what's the deal? but that's what it is at this point. So, um, I don't know what to say. I see Ken Cuccinelli just uh, responded. If judges can go after lesson plans, what's next? The route I take to work? Good for Ken. At least Ken is, you know, whatever, going after this, I'm actually going to send this to my team. So they can get this out. Someone could write that up. At least Ken is rhetorically messing with it. But it's like, I mean, that's what we saw yesterday. We talked about the courts all day, how they control Trump's Twitter account now and Twitter catfights. And then after I get off the air, you all, all you guys were mess- messaging me, you saw this, where they were saying Trump can't even swap out the lawyers that he's using in the census case. So one New York judge gets to dictate for the entire country, the entire census, and then even the law, the council that they choose to appoint. There's no limit. At some point, Trump or his attorney general need to give a landmark speech on this and assert separation of powers. We will not have a country left. What the judges are being allowed to do under this administration is worse than anything Obama did executively. As I warned three years ago when I wrote my book, judicial amnesty is worse than executive amnesty. And now we have a mixture of both. But that's the thing. Our side cannot see, cannot see through the lack of progress, and that we're going backwards. Oh, all the Teletubbies are out in full force now with the border numbers because now they officially came out. Oh, my gosh, they went down 30%. But they went up 30% in May from an insane record baseline of family units in March and April. So we're back at April numbers. 95,000 or so between ports of entry, a total at ports of entry um, of of about 104,000. That was unfathomable to break 100,000 and especially 58,000 being family units and like 70% being children total. You know, family units and children. That was, I mean, really? I mean, that that's progress? That's meaningless. It doesn't show anything. It was one month. But all the Teletubbies have become happy with that. But anyway... This is the point we don't have we don't have a voice left. And then you have all these, you know, terrorism cases. Of people we bring in through the legal system where we don't vet mass numbers from the Middle East where we don't vet at all. And you know, so so the funny thing is at least when you're dealing with illegals I can get, you know, hopefully get the information from ICE. But, um, and I got to talk to Ken Cuccinelli about this, but when you're dealing with legal immigrants and you want to see like, hey, when did the guy get a green card? Because often that matters to the story of, you know, was this known at the time he had got a green card and why was he issued a green card? And so the privacy policy that ICE has for juveniles, USCIS seems to have for everyone. You can't get anything on anyone. So I don't know what the story is here, but this was uh, I tweeted out earlier this week about another ISIS supporter in Texas, where the media reports it as a Texas man pleading guilty to attempting to support ISIS. So you know you you, you got to love it that the the Texas man. Um. A Texas man has pleaded pleaded guilty to attempting to provide material support to ISIS. DOJ announced Monday, Khan Sirkan Damlarkaya, 20 from Houston. Yeah, just like Sam Houston. uh, Attempted to join and support the terrorist group by providing information to other ISIS supporters about the use of machetes and information about the homemade construction of automatic weapons and explosive materials. DOJ said... His sentencing is set for September 30th, and he faces up to 20 years in federal prison and a maximum fine of $250,000. Um, DOJ said Damlar Kaya conversed online with ISIS supporters from August 2017 until his arrest in December 2017 and outlined intentions to fight for ISIS or Syria or Afghanistan. Um... Damlar Damla Kaya said he would conduct an attack on non-Muslims in the U.S if he was unable to join ISIS overseas saying it was his dream to be a martyr. Damlar Damla Kaya also said he slept with a machete under his pillow in case law enforcement raided his house. Prosecutors said federal agents found a machete by his bed when he was arrested. Texas man. Texas man. Fundamental transformation of America. This is just how it is. And speaking of the Middle East, um, ballots are now being printed in Arabic in New Jersey. Okay, this is from News 12, New Jersey. Patterson, Arabic speakers who live in New Jersey can now obtain voter registration forms in their native language. The change was first initiated by the Palestinian American Community Center in Clifton. According to U.S. Census Bureau data, over 67,000 New Jersey residents live in households where Arabic is spoken. So there you go. Remember, we're not talking about immigration documents. We're talking about voter registration. By definition, you have been naturalized as a citizen. Again, this is where polling comes in. The American people, I mean, English, making the English language the official language is universal support. Why Republicans have not brought a bill to the floor making English the official language and requiring that all naturalization documents be in English and all election stuff be in English. Like this is what I don't understand. How could you say you're discriminating against people oh, with the ballots not being bilingual We're not talking about immigrants, we're talking about naturalized, I mean, there are immigrants, but they become naturalized citizens. By definition, shouldn't you have enough competence in the language to at least read the stuff to vote? And if not, how can you be an informed citizen? We're not talking about, you know, not speaking with an accent or broken English, but that you can't even read it to that extent, and you're a citizen? Shouldn't you not be a citizen then? This is the fundamental transformation. It's so sad. Which brings me to the next point. Some of you might have seen this from Pew Research. U.S. Hispanic population reached new high in 2018. There are now 60 million people of Hispanic heritage, about 18% of the entire population. It's up about 12 million from 20 from 2008 to 2018. Who knows what that would be if you would do it even a year later, it would probably be higher. I mean, folks, could you fathom what 18% means? And look, don't sit and hit me with this, you know, ethnic pandering crap. There's good people of all backgrounds including, we all know, many good people of Hispanic descent. And you're ruining it for them. Numbers matter. Everyone used to understand this. We're not even talking about 18% in, like, the most concentrated cities or even states. This is the entire country. Meaning, in in some areas, it's it's a lot more. Harris County, Texas. 43%. I mean, you can't have a country like that. It's nothing to do with, it's anyone. Wherever you're coming from, it has nothing to do with Hispanic, it's it's anything. You can't, you don't get America that way, and the people of that heritage that want to come here to get away from that, and they want to come here for the English language. There's people, plenty of people like that. But when you bring in so so many numbers and then have on top of it all the illegals, and like we mentioned, all these cases, particularly with Mexicans, where there's so much illegal immigration that they mix with the legal immigrants because they become quasi legal by manipulating the system, and you have the anchor babies, which is also a distortion. But the a lot of people who did it the right way with the right intentions, you know, they don't want they don't want any part of this. It's not the America they wanted to come to. It's like, let's say I say, what do you think about the Shuka Shukas? Well, I think the shuka-shukas are great people. Should we make 50% of America shuka-shuka? Well, no. I mean, come on. Dallas County, 41%. Bexar County, Texas, 60%. You want to know why Texas is turning, um, turning blue? That's why. Maricopa County, Arizona, 31%. then obviously you go into, um. oh, look at this. California, Orange County. Everyone's talking about how that used to be the breadbasket of the Reagan revolution of Republican voters in California, and now it's all blue. 34%. You can't, I mean, everyone, Republican, Democrat, until a couple of years ago always understood this. But you can only go so much with A million illegals a year, 1.1 million new green cards, um, another million other visas, long-term, semi-long-term visas. You can't have a country like that. And then particularly when you orient it towards one group in particular, you make it harder to assimilate. So if you have a group of people, I don't know, I'm just saying, I don't know, I mean, you're coming from... Japan. We don't have that many immigrants from Japan. So, you know, you're going to be forced to assimilate much quicker. But if you make it that, you know, 18% of the entire country is of that heritage and in some areas it's 50%, 50, 60%, then, I mean, dude, that's what you're going to get. I mean, this is the problem now. You literally have half the people in America's largest cities speaking a language other than English. I said this before from CIS did an analysis last year on the census data, and they found that as of 2017 census surveys, 48.2% of residents in the five largest cities speak a language other than English at home. New York City, L.A., Chicago, and Phoenix. And um, that that's the deal. In California, forty-four percent of school age children speak a foreign language at home. Forty four percent. But but it's not just there. Roughly one third in Texas, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, and Florida. One third. That's why Nevada's gone. That's why Texas and Florida are teetering. And here's the thing, of the school-age children we were talking about who speak a foreign language at home, 85% of them were born in America. Even among adults 18 and older, more than one-third of those who speak a foreign language at home are U.S. born. Think about that again. More than one-third of those born in America to immigrant families who are Eighteen and older, meaning it's not just that their kids speak, you know, who know English but are speaking to their immigrant parents, the foreign language, which was done for many years in this country. They're they're adults, but it's particularly with Spanish. That's really where you see, um, see it very pronounced because they can get away with it. Whereas, you know, if you speak some obscure language that, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you that's why the the numbers matter. The numbers matter. 41 million of the 66 million foreign language speakers speak Spanish at home. 41 million people in this country speak Spanish at home. That prevents assimilation. Unlike in the past where immigration was more diverse. This guy spoke Polish, this guy spoke German, Czech, Russian, Italian. So, you know, you didn't have any one thing, so they all melted into English. But if you have the lion's share, 41 million being Spanish, it's a lot easier. Um you know, it's, it's a lot harder to create a melting pot dynamic then, meaning it's not just that we have an insane amount of immigration. Like, It's worse than that. It's one thing if you had that amount of immigration that each percent – each um kind of group is 2% of the pie. So you have 50 different languages, but on the other hand, nothing is too big, so they're forced to assimilate. In this case, if you, if you have that many of any group, it's just you're not going to get America. It's not hard to talk about this without being insensitive. Everyone understands that. And those of a Spanish heritage who appreciate America understand this better than anyone. It was funny. Remember when we had Victor Avila, the ICE agent, who was involved in the in the cartel attack on him, the, what I call the Mexican Benghazi, and his partner Jaime Zapata was killed. It was funny. He mentioned on the show they were chatting with each other when they became friends that one day before Jaime was killed – how Jaime didn't even know, he didn't know Spanish. Even though he had a Spanish name, he didn't know Spanish. You know, because his family did it the right way. But you look at this Texas went from 22% speaking foreign language at home in 1980, now 36%. Nevada went from 10% speaking a foreign language at home to 31%. Florida, went from 13 to 30. Virginia went from 4 to 16. By the way, it makes a big difference when you have all these native liberals moving in for the D.C. government, and then on top of that, you have all the immigration. Georgia, why is Georgia teetering? Went from 3% to 14%. North Carolina went from 2% to 12%. States with the largest percentage increase in foreign language speakers not the most speakers or that's california and texas but the largest percentage increase are nevada georgia north carolina virginia but you know what's next tennessee and arkansas now again the the percentage increase is high because the number of foreign speakers you had was low but you know they're gonna get all 50 states welcome to the future of a bright blue electoral map folks This is where we're at. Now is the time when it's still popular in the country to make English an official language for the key purposes. Folks, and by the way, thanks, JJ, whoever you are, JJ Mitch on Twitter. I appreciate you tweeting at me. Literally, this is the second thing that has happened while I'm on the air here. Another federal judge this time in Michigan has ruled that the legal fight over Trump's travel ban executive order isn't over, denying the government's motion to dismiss his amended lawsuit filed post CODIS. So now, even if you win at the Supreme Court, I mean, I've said this before, that's not over. I don't know what to tell you. I just, I rest my case, folks. You know I'm right. You know I called this. You know it's not changing despite the judges Trump's appointing. Immigration is national in scope. They could take it anywhere they want. Anywhere they want. And get any desired result. So, um. There we go. But all we like is our our heroes, our Memes, or even if we get people to focus on the judges and say, see, this is why it's important Trump uh, get to confirm more judges. Like, no, you idiot. You missed the point. There is literally nothing a court could do that will elicit a righteous reaction. Nothing. I don't know what to tell you guys. This is totally out of control. And by the way, I just want to point out with our whole system, immigration system, becoming one big balkanized invasion from the third world. I spoke about this earlier this week, and I just want to let you know I'm going to link to this in show notes. We have a whole nother article out just reiterating what we said about how the president has the opportunity to shut down the refugee program. He could set the cap at zero. He has that power, and the simple argument that we already are bringing in so many through the border, so why should we do this? Um, so that's the thing. The president can shut this down tomorrow, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see where this heads. So there's that there. Um, but you know, just in general. They do a poor job. I mean, the president should be able to have a person that sends him every case in ICE. He should be able to go over to ICE and say, I want every day you send me the most egregious cases of criminal alien crime and Trump tweets about it. Do you know how that will change the narrative? Because then the media will have to start researching him. See, that, that, that's the beauty of this. Don't let them take you where they want to go with the narrative. You take them where you want to go. Then if they fight you, it has to be on your terms. If they debunk you, it has to be on, on your issue. There's no strategic thinking in this administration. None whatsoever. But that's the way to do it. It's so sad. And you know, speaking of lack of understanding of political barometers, so again, part of the reason that you have this problem at DHS is, and and I know this, they they are so beleaguered by a hundred media requests about the treatment of aliens. So for every one of me, putting in pro-American requests to them, you have 100 pro-illegal immigration requests. And the problem is because these people are dumb and they haven't worked in policy and media, and a lot of them haven't, who are in the press shops at DHS, they, they, they don't understand. So some of them are downright snakes and are on the other side. But even the ones who aren't, they think like, oh my gosh, the country wants this. Because they get a distorted view. If you think about it, the 1% most extreme left people in this country are the ones who control the media NGO narratives on immigration. But the country doesn't want this. I mean, you have a new poll out that shows 73% of Americans want either criminal prosecutions or civil fines for illegal border crossers. Right? If you explain to the American people, very simple. If Trump would just get up there and give a speech and say, look, we're not for separating anyone. Like, Just like our policy is not to separate Americans. But if you're an American and you commit a crime then a consequence is you get separated then your kids go to child protection custody. Foreign invaders should be no different and they need to be prosecuted otherwise you have all this carnage. The people understand it. The people understand it. It's very simple. Um, And they asked, you know, just broadly, just regular entry. They didn't talk about re-entry after previously being deported. And, uh, you know, that's the story. Just a small percentage. About, what, like 25% said that they thought you know, they shouldn't be punished. But yet what's happening at the border now is that nobody is being prosecuted. Nobody is being prosecuted. You have the riverine um, units. Those are the um, border patrol agents that patrol the river. There's not enough of them. They get pelted with rocks all the time. The general assaults on agents are getting worse and worse. But first, just the rocking attacks on the, on the guys in the boats. They're coming from across the river, and they're like, you know, hey, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. We're stuck. We can't violate Mexico's sovereignty, so we can't shoot at them. They literally attack them with deadly weapons. You better believe those rocks could be deadly. And they cannot shoot at them. Not at all. Imagine that. Imagine that. And like I tell everyone, if you're going to tell me Border Patrol can't, then at least have the military. So let them do the interdictions, and the military would kind of do security for the Border Patrol. Nope. Military can't do anything. And the cartels know it, and they cross right in front of them. The president should every, at least once a week, give a border briefing on the intel that I give you. That's the story. It is out of control. Utterly out of control. Beyond belief out of control. And then again, if they want to prosecute guys that come over, let's say they, you know, because it's not just the cartel smugglers on the other side, it's also um you know, the the family units. I told you this. I mean, a lot of criminal elements are coming in with a kid openly and surrendering, not just uh um not just the guys that try to run away and they'll often assault the agents and it's killing their morale. And the federal prosecutors will not take the cases. In Texas they're told to go to Texas DPS. State officials they will not prosecute anyone. Our laws are not being enforced. And then even if you have someone just, you know, the regular 1324s, the smuggling, 1325s, illegal entry, 1326, repeat entry, a lot of them are not being prosecuted even with a criminal record, depending on on what type of criminal record it is. They're just not being prosecuted. So I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to tell you. They will not take it. Because I I asked my Border Patrol agent friend, I said, like, look, you know, why is it that some of these guys with criminal records are coming in openly and not surrendering? Are, are they that stupid? You know, why wouldn't you try to run away? If they know that we're going to catch the record, and he said they're not stupid, we catch it and um, we wind up releasing them. They don't take the prosecution. You have to, the, so um, the corrupt AUSA is in the Eastern District of Texas. What the, here's the game they play? They say you have to have all the witnesses prepared in six hours, and the case signed, sealed, and delivered to us within forty eight hours. And given what's going on in, in, at Border Patrol right now, it's impossible. So they're not prosecuting anyone. So then I said, I asked him, all right, okay, so then fine, you don't prosecute them, but you at least put them in expedited removal, right? A criminal, I mean, a criminal alien? And he said, no, they get released. I mean, I want you guys to understand, 19,000 criminal aliens were caught by Border Patrol. Now, you have some areas we're going to have a special guest on tomorrow who is a sitting Border Patrol agent, if we can make it work. In his area, he tells me there are eight agents on the line per 60 miles. Eight agents on the line per 60 miles. And yet, this fiscal year, they've caught 19,000 people with criminal convictions in America. So this is not criminal arrests. I mean, as you all know, we we don't convict a lot of people. This is not people, the, the universe of people that have committed crimes elsewhere or are very likely bad people and prone to commit crimes. That's exponentially more. We have no clue how many of those there are. These are 19,000 convicted criminals already in the U.S. who have been caught. And they have th- such few resources. Could you imagine... The prima facie threat to this country of an unimaginable proportion that you have this many dudes that are just totally, um, you know, just totally free lane to get in anytime they want. Whatever they want to do, they can get in. How the president hasn't given this over is beyond me. Look, we got to get with Ken Cuccinelli. Maybe we'll try to have him on the show. But this is out of control. Um. So anyway, yeah, I'm just emailing with a friend about this. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get in touch with people. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Again, I'm sorry for just, you know, I, I literally don't have the minutes in the day to give over to you stuff and to do my work and everything. So sometimes you're just going to have to bear with me multitasking for a minute or two. Um, So I'm just, you're just going to hear me type for a minute and I'm sorry to be rude about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get between the media requests and other stuff. I'm just trying to get out as much information as I can. That's the best I can do here. Get it to you guys, get it to people on the inside expose and shame it. But that's where we are. It's a lot going on here. Anyway, I'm going to have to cut it a little bit short here. Um, And there's just a lot, a lot more going on. But that's the bottom line. The bottom line is we don't even know in this country how much crime is committed by these people because it's never reported. And our government has a policy of not caring because the silent majority in this country do not have a voice. Do not have a voice. Anyway, again, I need your help. Research. Send me anything. Dharowitz at blazemedia.com. Special guest tomorrow. Be sure to miss it. That'll be episode 447. Till tomorrow. God bless y'all. Thank you for listening.